You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Hi, folks. Be sure to visit my website at dr-history.com for a short personal video message, to listen to the latest stories, and to leave a comment. Well, it's Tuesday, and I'm telling you, he lives the part. I mean, we're talking about the Old West, and he came in all shapped up and his spurs on and his high-heeled mule-eared boots with the Levi's tucked into the top, and he's got a thirty-eight strapped to his hip, wearing a vest and a marshal's badge and playing Matt Dillon. Here he is. You just described me so well, Zeb. It's just <sighs> great. I love it. I got tired saying it. <laughs> so before we start. Oh, we got thank you. I got to thank Bill, who is uh, every year they do a the Dakota War back in uh, in 1838 in the Dakotas. They have a memorial ride, horseback ride for 16 days that they uh, kind of memorialize the the Dakota Indian. I would love to go back. Oh, there. that would be great. Yeah. You know something? I think that uh, North and South Dakota, primarily South Dakota, uh, I could live there. Oh, yeah. It's beautiful. And I've only traveled through, so. Beautiful. Yeah. I want to say thanks also to Jeff, who always has been a faithful listener, wished me a Merry Christmas, sent me a Christmas card. Does he know you? Only through this. Oh, then you're lucky. (laughs) (laughs) No, he's lucky. Okay. (laughs) Thanks, Jeff. Uh, Richard, who. Where are these people from, by the way? You know, I can't remember. Bill's back in the Dakotas. Yeah. Um, And Jeff? The. Oh, I can't remember where he's from. Okay, well, but Richard, thank you for he hit my PayPal donation button and it didn't work, but it is working now. Okay, so I appreciate that. Preston, Preston has suggested a story about the the Pleasant Valley War, and I really don't know anything about it. But he sent me some information. Where so, where was the Pleasant Valley? I, I'm War? not sure. I got I've, he sent me some information so I can. It's not look the Pleasant it Valley that's over here south of Kimberly, is no. it? No, oh, okay. It's it's back there somewhere back oh. or the Midwest. Or it wasn't on the Pleasant Valley Golf Course. Uh, I, you know, I I couldn't be for sure. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I doubt it. Chased each other with nine irons. <laughs> what are we going to talk about today? We are going to talk. Hey, about... I need you to take and tip that mic just up a just little. a little bit. How's there that? you going right into it. There. So you. we're going to talk about the Comstock Fire. Is that Virgin- Comstock, California? Virginia City. Oh, okay. The Comstock All right. Mine. All right. Now, think about this. Fire was, you know, the most feared thing throughout the West. Oh, yeah. I mean, most boom towns were made of lumber, and since wood was cheaper, it was easier to get to, easier to ship. And But this made a lot of towns fire hazards, and Virginia City battled several fires throughout its history. But we're going to talk about the Great Fire of 1878. It was the biggest. Really? So that's the one we're going to talk about. That was up there where Bonanza was supposed Pretty to close be. To, yeah. yeah, not too far from Reno, outside yeah. of Reno. Yeah. So so, uh, where did my number one page? Here we go. <laughs> I'm totally organized. Yes, Jeb. you are. So, okay, picture this. 
Fire companies in Virginia City, they respond too slowly to the first alarm that took place in October 1875. Their efforts to stop the spread of the fire was overwhelmed by wind-driven flames. One man, a guy by the name of John W. Mackey, he was a mine owner who'd risen through the ranks of the common Comstock miners, but he led the fight to save the world's richest mine. So, Did a lot of the frontier towns back then, a quick question, did they have so-called civic fire departments? Probably like a volunteer one where they had the uh, the hose thing hooked up on a two-wheeled handcart type thing. Oh, really? Uh, and, and some did later on have horse-drawn uh, as well. So picture this. It was a gray dawn that came over the city, over the skies of Virginia City, Nevada, on the morning of October 26, 1875. It's kind of a uniform layer of cloud that kind of came over the Sierra Nevada mountains uh, from California. And pretty soon there was winds that were kind of thundering down the sides of the mountains and churning the dust, thrashing the sagebrush. And uh, so you can just picture this all around the town, just a huge dust storm wind thing going on here. Now, a booming community of about 15,000 people. Uh, that's were, a big community. That's a big community. And it was terraced into the mountainside, but directly over the world-famous Comstock Lode mm. in Virginia City. I see. And it was the dominant settlement in the state and arguably the most important between San Francisco and St. Louis. So, very important place. Now, there were huge quantities of gold and silver that had been mined from the Comstock Lode in the 16 years since its discovery around $200 million worth really? in 16 years. Well, so think it of what that would be today. Like $2 billion maybe, oh, or, or thereabouts. So it was kind of the Silicon Valley of the age, and the ore body recently struck more than 1,000 feet below the downtown streets in what they call the Consolidated Virginia Mine. Mm. And this mine was bigger than anything they'd found before. Now, was this a mine that was into the side of a mountainside, or did it go down? Down. A lot. Oh, it well, did. some went in, but what we're talking about is some of the mines that actually went straight down. Oh, my. So, now, the I'm going to call this the Con Virginia, the Consolidated Virginia Mine. So, the Con Virginia's uh, riches had been uh, found only 10 months before this, but the mine was already paying out more than $1 million of dividends per month. Wow. Huge. Uh, so, one of the few persons out that early morning was a 10-year-old boy named Grant Smith. He was scouting for pigeons to shoot with a slingshot. He passed in front of Mooney's stable. Smith heard the cry, fire. The boy looked uphill into the driving winds. Keep in mind, it's really windy. And he saw a little thin stream of smoke kind of trailing from a small one-story frame boarding house belonging to a lady by the name of Kate Shea, otherwise known as Crazy Kate. <laughs> Everybody had a nickname. <laughs> they did. Anyway, people in the adjoining houses uh, had heard that a coal oil lamp had broken during the night during a fight, and one newspaper would later report that in the beginning, quote, a garden hose could have put out the fire. Now, this so was small. in the town, not at the mine. But the mine is, is all around, or the town's all around the mine. So they built the town around the mine. Right. I yeah. see. So it's okay. a big 15,000 people living around that area. So uh, anyway, like say, a garden hose could have put it out. But uh, 10-year-old Smith uh, recalled later, he said, 
but scarcely a drop of rain had fallen for months. The town was tinder dry, and the fire department arrived late. Evidently. Evidently. So the firefighters' efforts were really no good, okay, because the winds, they were whipping this fire. Within 15 minutes, 20 buildings were in flames. 20? The church bells were ringing, the alarm all over town. In the next five minutes, the number of burning buildings uh, doubled to 40 buildings within 15 to 20 minutes. Uh, but That must have been just like a uh, matchstick. Oh, yeah. Wow. He had to pause and take a drink of water, folks. <laughs> I was getting hot. <laughs> So a few minutes later, an area equal to the whole to a whole city block was on fire. People tumbled into the streets. Remember, this is in the morning, in their bedclothes. Many just uh, as their houses caught fire. Oh my! This little boy Smith rushed home. Uh, the pair of two-story houses owned by his family had caught fire. His mother salvaged a handful of valuables and hustled him and his three brothers up a hillside uh, to the dump of an old mine just and to just get watch out, burn. just get out of town. Oh, my. so acre after acre of bur- uh, buildings joined with one op- eyewitness describing this as quote a sea of fire. Can you just picture that? Mm. Anyway, desperate to save something from the calamity, families three or four blocks ahead of the flames started gathering their belongings and taking them out into the streets. The merchants would pile their goods out onto the sidewalks, and uh, they fought to hire a wagon uh, to haul their stuff out of town. But these Teamsters uh, priced, jacked up the prices for hauling them out of town. You mean with they their charged goods. them during yeah. all this? Yeah. So imagine the smoke, the wind, the noise, the people, everything, uh, you know, just really mayhem. I mean, it's bad. <clears throat> And all of this took place in how how long a time? Right now, we're less than an hour, half hour. Oh, my goodness. So these frantic citizens found every conceivable way to haul their stuff uh, out, even using wheelbarrows or anything they could use. And without time to rig up some of the terrified animals into harnesses, men by the hundreds took the place of the draft animals, and they hauled loaded wagons toward the outskirts of town. So can you picture this? Five or six or eight men grabbing onto the tongue of a wagon and trying to pull it out of town. Wow. Now, the women and children, they were staggering beneath impossible loads. They were carrying what they could. Horsemen galloped through the cl- uh, through the crowds, not paying any attention to all the people on foot. Uh, behind them all, these huge flames were leaping up into the sky. It was a real inferno. So here we are. It's 9 o'clock in the morning. A whirlwind of fire enveloped the county buildings, the International Hotel, the Bank of California, and the rest of the city's core businesses. Uh, and 25 miles away, the population of Reno could see a black cloud rolling over Virginia City. So it was that big. So telegrams from Virginia City went to San Francisco, and it kind of put people into a terror because a lot of the San Francisco people's fortune rested on the Comstock load. A a lot of them had interest in that. So did it it burn the opening to the mine shaft? We'll get to that. I thought we would. (laughs) Okay. The two best mines were this one I mentioned, the Con Virginia and the California, and they both were controlled by four Irish partners led by a veteran miner named John Mackey. Now, I mentioned him a little earlier, and we're going to talk about him a little bit more. But John had walked more than 100 miles over the Sierra 
Nevada mountains from California to the Comstock a few weeks after his discovery, and he was too far. He had to walk because he couldn't afford a mule. Well, Mackie took a job in the mine for four dollars a day and just worked his way up from there. Um, so Mackie and a guy named James Fair handled the firm's mining operations on the Comstock. Now there's two guys. James Flood and William O'Brien, and these guys had been saloon keepers, but they were back in San Francisco, and they were kind of the brokers uh, uh, getting people to invest in the mines. Okay, so they're back there. So speculators in San Francisco, they kept asking for more information. Now, I have What's a dumb, going on? I have a dumb question okay. for you. If this was about how far from Reno? About 25. 25 miles. What source of communication alerted people as far away as San Francisco that there was a fire? I believe at this time they did have the telegraph. So uh, so that's how they got the word. So, But these investor guys, they had faith that uh, Mackey and, and his buddy would do their duty fighting the fire, trying to get it taken care of. Well... Flood, like I say, Flood knew his partners well, and Mackey hadn't made the slightest effort to save his own home, which would burn down. He and this guy named Fair had been at the hoisting works of the Con Virginia mine since the first alarm. Both miners recognized the extreme danger. The Con Virginia works were in the middle of town, and the wind threatened to drive the fire right over them. So that answers your question how, you know, the, a lot of the mines were built, around, the houses built around the mine. So, so instead of like a city park, it was actually built around the yeah. the working of the mine. Right. I see. So uh, Mackie and his uh, partner, they ordered everybody out of their mines. Anything on the surface could be re- rebuilt, but uh, the whole town if necessary. But if fire burned down the mine shafts and got down below, uh, they, uh, they, there was a lattice work of dry, compressed timbers. They'd lose the richest mine in the world forever. So it was just a lattice work that went down, down, down with all this wood. So while every uh, last man raised from the mine by way of elevators, um, which they used to raise and lower uh, people up and down, Mackey directed his men to seal the mine shaft and pile sandbags and dirt. The fire burned along the trestle, the railroad trestle, and consumed the Convag, uh, Virginia's massive state-of-the-art mill and the stamp batteries where they stamped the, the, the ore of the California mine uh, almost totally took it. Did anybody get trapped in the mine? There were some, no, not according to this. But uh, anyway, the battle shifted to the new hoisting works, in other words, where they took the mine up and down. Mackey was having built, and it was a thousand feet farther down the hill oh. over the, uh, and it was named as a joint effort of the California and Con Virginia mines. Well, these works uh, seemed like they were they were doomed too, and Mackey kept working at it. The San Francisco Chronicle said that he was doing superhuman efforts, but the wind uh, it jumped uh, over. Uh, f- uh, well, let me go back. Uh, his old, Mackey's old miner instinct took took hold, and in a le- he led a desperate fight to save them. Under Mackey's direction, miners dynamited a line of houses and tried to drag away the debris so it wouldn't continue going. So kind of like a fire break, but the fire break, it jumped right over that and uh, just kept on going. By 10 o'clock, the worst of it was over. The flames had died down. But can you imagine the scene? Uh, you know, estimates are that... Uh, uh, 
the people ranged from 2,000 to 10,000 people were left homeless. The fire swept away over 200 businesses, including all the small houses on the streets. Um, he says a storm built over the mountains, too, and pretty soon it started to rain. Oh, boy. So now you've got homeless people in the rain, people trying to find a place to find shelter. What about, what about all the livestock? Whatever happened to all the livestock? Well, I'm going to tell you a sad story. Uh-oh. There. I all didn't. Right. I see. Okay. So then after that, not only rain, then by 8 o'clock that night, snow began to fall, uh, light rain, uh you know, heavy showers. It was a bad, bad situation. Um, so they went through a, really a terrible night. And uh, there was an article uh, that talks about, uh, a dis- they described a, quote, haggard fig- figure emerging from the successful battle to save the CNC mine. And says, quote, begrimed with dust, powder smoke, and the smoke of the fire, the man was Mackey looking like a laborer just ready to drop from exhaustion. So he hung in there as long as he could. Uh, anyway, Mackey had to watch the fire burn itself out, finally. and uh, uh, But Mackey uh, said, you know, uh, well, <laughs> there was a lady that wanted to save her church. Okay, and Mackey said, uh, "You know what? We can rebuild the church, but we've got to take care of these people. Let's see what we can do to make these women and, ch- and children, these babies, comfortable." So, uh, anyway, there's. Uh, I know we're running out of time here, but uh, so let me just. Uh, I was interested about the horses and the mules okay, and everything. Me, By a town of fifteen thousand, they must add a lot of them. Yeah, uh, let's see. Yeah, well, this is kind of a sad part, but around 9.30 a.m. that morning, the flames began to develop, like, say, the hoisting works, and driven by wind and the heat, the fire raced down the trestle work, which held the, the, the cars, you know, the ore cars, and uh, it was over which a mule hauled the ore from the shaft to the mill uh, that separated the gold and the silver, and only when the men heard the terrified braying did they realize that no one had loosed this mule from the stable. Oh, my. So getting her out was suicide, but a guy named Ben Smith, who this was his mule. He loved this mule. And uh, anyway, he secured a pistol and tried to find a, a, a way to get down so he could shoot the mule. Uh, to put it out of his misery, and he was desperate. Uh, he wanted to shorten her agony. He wiggled and he crawled beneath this the hoisting works. And keep in mind, there's fire above him. Yeah. Um, it, he scorched his skin and singed his hair and whiskers, and the mule screams just drove him on. Oh my goodness! But he could not find a point. The mule died in oh, agony, and my. Smith barely escaped with his life it was just you know a, what was the cause of the fire did they ever ascertain what it was this coal oil lamp uh-huh. that had tipped over in that in uh, crazy kate's saloon and there was nobody there to put it out well i evidently not or they it just grew too fast but initially they were said that you know uh, it could have been put out real easily with a garden hose well I, you know and this is what boggles my mind is how fast it went and how big an area it covered because you said basically in an hour the whole town was besieged by it yeah Zeb, I used to fight fires for the BLM on the yeah. fire crew yeah. on the range, and I've been there when uh, I've seen a wind just take, uh, and that was just a range fire. 
just faster than a man yeah. could run. Yeah. But let me tell you this, uh, something that kind of was a sad deal. Uh, rioting began in the streets, causing city patrols to ask for additional help from the National Guard to protect the still-standing property. The city also forced the remaining saloons to prohibit the sale of alcohol, uh, trying to prevent uh, further problems. Um, the biggest concern was providing the food and clothing and shelter for the fire victims. Um, wow. So luckily, immediate humanitarian relief uh, was sent from California. Uh, it provided food and shelter, and the mines were reopened. Uh, you know, did the town rebuild? It did. In its entirety? Yes. It did. What are you looking for? Uh, well, I had a little bit. Oh, here it is. No. <laughs> I got too many You scare papers. me when you do that. Uh, oh, anyway. So the mines reopened the following day after the fire. The next day. With some, because of minimal damage to the shafts in some of the mines. Wow. But the total amount of money lost was estimated to be almost $10 million. Which today would be at least, yeah. 80, 90, 100 million. Wow. But, you know, the, they came back. Uh, they just figured this was a minor setback in the history of the Comstock. You mines. meant that as a play on words, minor setback? <laughs> I didn't even notice that. <laughs> so that's the story of the Comstock fire that took place in Virginia City. Real quick, I'm almost out of time, and I want to say this and ask you. Remember the Bonanza TV series? Yes. Which basically was in that area. Right. And Virginia City, of course, was where they rode to town all the time. Yeah. <clears throat> Very few of the episodes, and for that matter, I can't remember any, centered around mining. You know, that, that's a good Think point. Think about that. Yeah. Um, and yet, it was played a huge, it was the main... huge pl- uh, part in the history of, of California, Nevada, well, the West. I wonder why they didn't highlight more of that. Uh, that's a good question. But, we ought to check on that. You know, I have never been to Virginia City uh, over there, Nevada. I've been to the Virginia City up in Montana. Yeah. But one of these days, I want to make it over to that Virginia Absolutely. City. You know, that was really interesting. What we ought to do is, and I think it'd be relatively easy, is check uh, with the studios that had the rights to Bonanza and ask them about any of the shows that they had that the might film. have centered yeah. around the burning of Virginia City. Yeah, Uh yeah, not, back then, I don't know what kind of uh, ghost town it was or yeah. mining town, if there were still buildings up. Excellent. But. You're going to be here next week, yep, aren't you? I will be here. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, my friend, Dr. History, Dr. Ken Turner, and, of course, uh, the great segment this morning. Thank you, my friend. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.